Welcome to Ask of Expert, brought to you by the team at Vexit.com. Our bi-weekly series is the podcast helping business owners, managers, and professionals thrive in the world of modern work. Here's this week's host, Polly Craig. Diversity and gender are two topics dominating conversations on and offline over the last year. As business owners, we strive to create diverse workforces because it's the right thing to do. But we may not be aware or talk about the real benefits to business as often as we should. Studies have shown that greater diversity leads to greater financial success. Diverse teams come up with better solutions to complex problems. They are less likely to groupthink and more likely to feel that they can speak freely with a different perspective and this impacts problem solving in an extraordinary way. Our episode today begins as we touch briefly on a topic we all love, tax time, and how to make sure we're best prepared. We then dive into the topic of diversity and leadership, the changing perceptions of women in leadership roles, and how to set yourself up to win in business if you identify as a gender who hasn't traditionally held leadership positions. There are some true pearls of wisdom in this week's episode that you won't want to miss. Our guest today is Michaela Maxwell. She champions diversity in leadership and brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. She's the Director of Private Company Services at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and in addition to being a numbers guru, she's made a name for herself supporting outstanding female business owners in their entrepreneurial journeys. Thank you so much for joining us, Michaela. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's tax season that we're heading into, and I can only imagine that everybody leaves things to the last minute. At what point in the year cycle is there is there the optimum way to be dealing with all your tax planning issues should you be doing it at the beginning such as you know you're putting away money into rsp as an example the earlier you do it in the year you're accumulating more return on that money what about in your world with working with clients i think that we always you know, of course, I always want things ahead of time. I always want, you know, to work with people who have all their ducks in a row and have all their records up to date. And, but, you know, that's just not the reality of, of everybody's business. And, and like I said, you know, entrepreneurs, especially small business owners are far more focused on, on their actual business and their sales cycles and things like that than their records. Because I speak to my clients throughout the year, there isn't really a lot that I don't know that's gone on in 2020. So when it comes to busy season in 2021, where we're dealing with the 2020 tax year, there isn't much that the client that I have to find out from the client and scramble to figure out from them at this time. I can just go through busy season knowing that I have all this information. I've stayed in contact with them and I know what's gone on. So I know how much money they've taken from the company and I know what kind of tax slips need to be prepared in February. If they ask me how much they can contribute to their RSPs before the end of the month, I can easily pull that information up. I can do estimates of how much personal tax they're going to owe, how much corporate tax they're going to owe. So I think that the communication piece and staying in contact with your clients really helps um, busy season to not be such a scary time and not having to scramble. And we have solutions in our in PwC for literally every aspect of the business. And I feel like a lot of people don't know this about PwC, that we have a payroll department, we have a cloud finance team that does bookkeeping. So any issue that our clients run into, we have a team of people 
that can help them. If I talk to you in August and you're like, I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done any record keeping for the last six months because I've been so busy. I've been trying to keep my business open. That's something that we can help with and get ahead of it so that busy season isn't such a stressful time. You know, for our audience, I think it's important to know that Michaela had put together a checklist or we're going to call it a cheat sheet that we will actually make available that you can find on the show notes at vexit.com if you want to follow up and, and read it. It's really worthwhile. And as a business owner, I thought, wow, it's bang on because I could uh, I could relate to every comment that you made here. I would love to just touch on because, you know, you're an up and coming female professional advisor and there's so much going on in the world of talking about diversity and, and work-life balance and, and all these other things. I'd love for you to share just what is happening in the professional industries. What is the diversity level? I assume that it's improving within all aspects of the professional community. And what's it been like for you personally? Yeah, sure. And you know, I I feel like I could talk about this for hours. So you you might have to you might have to rein me in, but I I'm very passionate about this topic and there are studies that show that diversity in leadership is linked to greater financial returns. So it makes good business sense. And I think that's been the thing that has sort of caused this shift in making sure that there's diversity in leadership and also diversity within organizations, it's important to understand that this isn't just a women's issue or a racial or ethnic issue, but this is a business issue. But there's more to it than that. And I think that there's different things that companies need to think about when they're thinking about their diversity and thinking about who's sitting at that table on the leadership team. Um, diverse teams come up with better solutions to complex problems. They're less likely to groupthink. So there isn't one overriding norm that everyone needs to conform to. And for the sake of peace, nobody puts their hand up. So diverse teams can speak freely and everyone's coming from different perspectives. And that helps to create better solutions. Diversity and leadership can help retention of diverse staff. So you know, there's this this concept of see it, be it, where if you see someone that looks like you in a leadership position, it it inspires confidence and it helps your motivation to for you to eventually get to that position. Diverse leaders also serve as mentors and sponsors to diverse staff, which is important because diversity and leadership needs to be intentional. The idea that the cream rises to the top no matter what is a really old and disproven theory. And it's actually funny because I attended a panel where a CEO was asked that very question and said something to the effect of, you know, well, we'd be happy to have more women in the C-suite, but we look around and there are no qualified women. So what are we supposed to do? And, you know, I think that's just a very antiquated way of thinking. And, and I think PwC has done a great job in recognizing that there's a reason why there are no qualified women. And what is that reason? And how can we address it? And how can we make sure that we're giving women equal opportunity. So at our firm specifically, you know, the intake at the associate level and like when people are first coming in is about 50-50 and sometimes tipped even more so where there's more women than men. But then when you get to the partnership level, they were seeing that there's more men than women. So, you know, they decided to ask the question, like what's happening? What, why are some women falling off? Why are they not making it to the ultimate level? And then addressing the issues that systemically lead to this problem. So they've done this through the creation of the Women in Leadership program. I took that program myself and it was absolutely incredible. It just opened my eyes to so many things. 
And it really felt like they were investing in me and wanting me to succeed. And uh, that meant a lot to me. Wow. I mean, I will honestly say this is the first discussion that I've had with a professional from our our community who is so passionate and inspired (laughs) and, and living in a world, how great is it? that you as a young professional are feeling the way that you do about being included in an industry who is typically looked at being old school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Old school and very male dominated too. Absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, when I was in business school, I think the narrative back then was more like, okay, if you want to succeed as a woman in business, you got to be like a man. And it's funny because I actually have these books here these books are trash, but I've hung on to them because I bought them (laughs) back in 2004. So this is what it takes a modern woman's guide to success in business, how to succeed in business without a penis, what men don't tell women about business, you know, and like, you you sort of grow up thinking like, okay, like, if I'm going to succeed, I gotta, I can't cry at work. And I, I can't go on maternity leave. And I can't, you know, do all these things. And I think we're now starting to realize that empowering women and supporting them on their journey as individuals and standing in the power of being a woman is far greater than trying to change yourself to fit in with all with the old school mentality. Absolutely. And, you know, I I found myself as a female business owner. It's how we think of ourselves. I always chose to live my life just as being me, not being me female or male. And we do become the people that we spend the most time with, or the, what is it? The five people we spend the most time with is, yeah. is who we end up becoming. And over my career, I just inserted myself in areas that were of interest to me where I could contribute something and mostly where I could learn the most and never really position myself as being a female in business. Yeah, exactly. And and by doing that, you really own the place that you have in where you are. Uh, Now, it takes a support network and a system as well. And what you're talking about is now a modern company having a support network and a system that embraces that. I'm interested, and I don't know if you have numbers or you can speak to this, but, you know, often there's fewer women in the professional fields because you know, we end up having children at some point between ages, you know, 30 and 40 or, or what have you. Is that improving? Are more women going back into the workforce or are they able to stay in the workforce while they're having children? Is it moving in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, I certainly can't speak for the world, unfortunately, but from what I've seen, especially at PwC, absolutely. I mean, I think see it, be it is is a is a huge thing and, and visibility and, and female mentors and, and female sponsors in the workplace for other females is something that's really important. I've been able to just kind of sit back and, and watch what's been going on with, you know, the female partners and the female employees at my firm and who's getting promoted to partnership and that kind of thing. And I'm seeing this amazing thing that shouldn't be so amazing, but it's amazing to me that, you know, women are getting promoted to partner while they're on mat leave and women are getting included in, in leadership programs and diversity programs and partner candidate programs that are on mat leave or, or just came back from mat leave. And there used to be this stigma that if you took a year off, you were a year behind. And I think that forward thinking and progressive organizations are now realizing that 
maternity leave is not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a dirty word. It's not something that makes you less of an employee or less of a professional. It's just a little bit of time off so that you can (laughs) spend time with your kid and that's it. And I'm also seeing, you know, with PwC, there's been women who've come back from maternity leave to different work schedules. So there was, you know, somebody that's like, look, I only want four months of mat leave. I want to come back after four months. Fine. Or when I come back, I only want to work, you know, three days a week because I want to spend a little bit more time with my family. Also fine. So it's been really encouraging for me as somebody who does not have any children, but wants some in the future that I don't have to be worried that that's going to impact my career, that... I work for a progressive organization that supports that and doesn't see me as less of an employee if I have to take some time off. Well, and I think to recognize too that clients certainly look at it as they have a relationship with the advisor and professional that they're working with and want to embrace and support that. Yes, the work continues on while the person's away, but that relationship doesn't just die. Yeah, it has to carry on. So if that is in the best interest of the business owner, make it work for them. Here's how we're going to transition. This is what's going to happen. I'd love that. Yeah, I don't want absolutely. to lose all my, you have all my intellectual property. If you're my <laughs> professional, why would I, why would I want to lose you? Yeah, exactly. And that's why we, we put an emphasis at PwC on bringing a team to the small business owner rather than just one person, because you do want to feel like you're taken care of if you can't access or you can't talk to that one person that you have that core relationship with. And we like to have a really deep bench because, you know, things happen. And and now more than ever, mental health is a huge concern and people's well-being is a huge concern. And gone are the days when you sweat it out for 14 hours a day. And, you know, that's just expected. And, you know, you don't you don't have any support to deal with the fallout from that extreme burnout. So having, having an employer and also having a team behind me that helps me to service my clients in the best way really makes it easier for me to do my job and makes it easier for me to service the client. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Has it been positive that people have been working from home? So you have technology that is more conducive to having people work from home, whether it's all the time or, or on a part-time basis, do you see that as being part of work life going forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this COVID period has really taught us that we can do anything <laughs> and we can, we can continue working and um, with very little interruptions. I mean, I can still remember last March when we got the notification that we were all going home. And it was kind of scary at first because I was thinking like, what am I going to do? I don't have access to my printer and I, you know, how am I going to talk to people and whatever. But PwC is really invested in technology in the last, especially in the last two to three years. And we have have all of these systems in place already. So I feel like there was, you know, a very, very tiny blip in the radar in terms of the interruption of our work from transitioning to, you know, 150 people in the office to 150 people all in their houses and us still being able to bring our suite of services and the client service that our clients expect in these challenging times. 
Well, it's great because it serves everybody well. I mean, when you have healthy businesses, then you have healthy economies and healthy businesses means that they have to have the right advisors working with them. So this has been really great. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you want to touch on that we didn't pursue in this conversation? You know, I really wanted to emphasize the importance of, of female mentorship. It is so unbelievably important if you are, you know, an entrepreneur or somebody who owns a business and you've got, you know, really incredible female talent in your firm or in your company, putting the female mentors in place really will help. I mean, it helps to change perceptions and it makes good business sense because it can increase increase engagement and even retention of, of those outstanding female employees. Women don't always feel safe articulating their career ambitions. You know, I'm speaking in general terms, but a lot of times women wait to be acknowledged and don't engage in self-advocacy as much for, for a number of reasons. And you can be passed over for promotions simply because leadership doesn't realize what you want. So a female mentor can really help to um, have those important career discussions and help you to see that you can achieve the next step and to put your hand up a little bit more often. I think that is such good advice. Can you just touch on the role of mentorship? Because sometimes I think when people say a mentor, that it's one way. And in my experience, that anytime I've been in a mentorship role, the really strong mentors quickly make me realize that as the mentee, it's my responsibility to really drive that relationship and take ownership for the outcomes of it. Can you talk a little bit about your experience and and how mentorship has, has been a positive influence on your life? I mean, once I took the Women in Leadership program, it was an excellent foot in the door for me to start any conversation with any woman in our firm. Because I said, you know, I just took this Women in Leadership program and I have some questions for you, or I want to pick your brain or anything like that. And I found that women really want, especially if they've been around the block and they have some experience, they they are so willing to share what has worked for them and help you avoid any pitfalls or like lessons that they had to learn along the way that they can impart upon you. And, and this doesn't just go for female mentors, but it goes for any mentor. I find in these COVID times, what's working really well for me is this concept of virtual coffees where, you know, I think before it was always like, let's meet up. Um, No one wants to sit on the phone for 45 minutes. Um, Right. But now that that's sort of all we can do is these virtual calls, zoom calls, things like that it's a little bit more common now. So I can say, Hey, do you have 30 minutes for me to just like talk to you about your career? And just like the very question you asked me at the beginning of this podcast, like, how did you get to where you are today? And I find that that really opens the door for a great conversation. And I learn something new every single time I talk to somebody different, you know, within the firm and also outside of the firm. Another really great aspect of mentorship is that it it helps you build a network. So you might not have access to professional networks uh, or, you know, the visibility that you might need in your firm to take the next step or, you know, getting stretch opportunities or, or working with somebody that's not in your department. A mentor can help with making those introductions and just broadening that network. And now for me, I feel like because it's hard sometimes as an accountant 
feeling like you need to have all the answers. <laughs> and like when small business owners come to you with questions, they're expecting correct and timely advice. And sometimes that can feel a little overwhelming as a, as a practitioner, especially a, a younger practitioner that's kind of working my way up through my career. You know, it feels so nice that I have this entire network of people that I can tap on the shoulder to not only help my client, but also like help me feel, help me learn and help me feel a little bit more confident about what advice I'm giving and, you know, getting a shoulder check on a tax plan or something like that. It's, it really helps. And so making those introductions can really make it a lot easier because I also find too, that sometimes women don't want to reach out and just say, Hey, can you help me? Because they feel like it's an imposition or some sort of inconvenience or something. Whereas if you build that relationship organically, it can really work to your advantage. It's interesting. You know, when you first started speaking about your experience, I immediately thought, wow, so many businesses could learn you know, small, medium-sized businesses may not have access to programs like the one that you went through. But mm -hmm. wow, could we ever learn from what your experience has been? Learn private enterprise, you know, small businesses learn from these big firms who have the resources, who have invested and learned what works, could be really beneficial to all of us. Because often, you know, people don't necessarily intentionally not promote women or people from diverse backgrounds. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the right communication methods in place or that there's no understanding. There there's, might be a cultural gap there. But we've never really been forced to step back and think about that. Mm -hmm. And so you sharing your experience in how that has helped you, I think can help so many. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's it's been really enlightening. And, and just one more point uh, that I think is incredible is like now if in the last couple of years, PwC has expanded its women in leadership program to include our clients. So it's not just female professionals from inside PwC. We have our clients sending over their female talent um, over to us to be part of the women in leadership program. And again, it just helps us because I got to meet so many amazing women who aren't accountants <laughs> and, and finding that we're still having similar issues and we're bonding over those shared experiences and we're helping each other. And uh, it, it was just incredible. I mean, like I, uh, one of the women that was in my lead, women in leadership cohort was a homicide detective and, um, and just, you know, like talking to her about her experience in, in a very male dominated industry and how what tools we can use to sort of protect ourselves from being from people being biased against us and also just being successful in our respective jobs um, you'll find that a lot of that stuff is the same so uh so Absolutely. it was really great it was really great to meet those women as well and also all the research that we we do with vexit people want to do business that not necessarily from yes, I want a good accountant that understands the numbers, but I also want somebody that has shared values and has similar interests. And I may choose to select somebody based on their skill, plus they also like to cycle, or they are passionate about animals, just like I am, or whatever my interest is. Um, more and more is that that is happening because the internet has sort of opened up this whole world of community and sharing. And we know more about, I know so much about people. Sometimes I forget that, oh, I shouldn't really know that. I, we just happen to follow each other on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. You know, being in situations and, and connecting 
you know, professionals with clients is a really important thing because you can think like a client and we can think like a professional. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about Bexit is that I'm able to talk a little bit about what what sets my soul on fire, you know, in my, like, I'm a, I'm a competitive dance instructor. And so, you know, like I might get to talk to somebody whose kid is, you know, who has three kids in competitive dance or, or something like that, you know, and it's just, it helps to, to bond us and it helps to, to, to build that trust as well. I mean, like uh, we always say with, with accountants and their clients, like we're ex- essentially just exchanging like a transfer of trust from one to each other. I really do like building building relationships with my clients that are deep in that way because it helps me to service them better, but also, you know, makes financial statements and tax returns a lot more palatable for both of us. (laughs) Interesting. And we might talk to our accountant more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Michaela, this has been such a great discussion. And, you know, while we transition from talking about, you know, empowering women and people and diversity and culture in business as well as in professional organizations. I want to just take a minute to touch on, you know, I read something that you put together and we're going to put it in the show notes for people that they can take a look at it because I think it's useful. I read it and went, wow, I can relate to every single one of these. And it's the top 10 signs that you may need a new accountant. And let's just quickly go through some of the points that you have because it's very relatable. And if we have the right professionals in our life, I think we can have a better business, a better life and do more for others. So the first one here is number one reason we might need a new accountant. They don't explain the financial statements and I can totally relate to this. You know, I'm a creative person and I'm visual and numbers has never been my thing. But there was always this assumption that I knew things deeper than I did. And I so appreciate when I have a professional that understands and takes the time to get to know me so that they can just dumb it down a bit and walk me through. Because now I, I have such a better understanding thanks to professionals helping me get there. I really find that entrepreneurship is born out of passion and it is born out of a, a deep belief in whatever it is that you're selling or whatever it is that you're doing as a service. And typically all of your focus and all of your energy, you want to spend it on doing that and not necessarily doing, you know, the debits and credits and, and and the financial statements of it all. So that's where an accountant can really be helpful is to take the time to help you understand your financial and tax affairs and explain it to you in a way that you can understand. That's an accountant's job is to sort of demystify all everything around tax. And I mean, of course, you don't need to know all the little nitty gritty details of how your return is put together. But it's important for your accountant to understand how how decisions can affect how much tax you have to pay and uh, what you can do ahead of time to to minimize that tax bill. You know, another point that you made was your professional may not understand your business or your industry. And I think that's likely an important thing. I never really thought about that, but my business is very different than someone else's. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, most accountants have the training and experience to deal with most of the needs of most clients. Um, And that's kind of, you know, we do tend to be a little bit of generalists in that 
in that respect. But if you have a, a specific sector that you're working in, if you find an accountant that has experience in your sector, that can give you an edge. In a lot of industries, there are specific tax rules and tax breaks that we can be taken advantage of if, if your accountant knows about them. And also, if you've got a complicated business or you need input or help on a different area other than tax or or the financial statements if you're looking at an acquisition or you need or you want to bring your son into the business uh, you need an accountant that can help you with all of those major transactional events in your life so you want to find an accountant that has experience with businesses similar to yours just to make sure that you're maximizing access to to all of that information and all of those specific rules and breaks that can that can help you and we talk a lot about uh the need for good communication. Well, Michaela, this has been a really great interview with you. And I'm so glad the conversation went into the area that we didn't start with. So Mm. we're going to end there. But I will say that I think we're going to redo the entire podcast and move it (laughs) to be more about the last part of our conversation, because that's what I love about doing these interviews. It's about the passion that people have. You love your job, but you also love the company that you're with and you love working with clients that you have shared interests. And Mm -hmm. as you said, it's all about the transfer of trust. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Remember, you can connect with us by sending an email to podcast at vexit.com. That goes to myself and our team. Bring us any topics or special guests that you would like us to have on Ask a Vexpert. You can now find us on Amazon Music Podcasts, as well as all other streaming platforms. Thanks for being the with Ask us. Ask of Expert Podcast is a production of Exit and distributed globally by the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.